Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. And we are back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us today. And today is the return of our podcast host, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Pastor Tyler Saxton. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let this run out. Soak this moment. Yeah, I'm uh, letting this clap. Thank you. Go, thank so, you. I received that ooh, in the Lord. it fades. I didn't know that it fades <laughs> out. That's awesome, man. We are back. I'm we back. Are, you're back, Tyler. Back. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Good, I, I am. Uh, I'm alive and kicking. Uh, awesome. Father of three now. Father of three. Dude, so, so what's great, I, what I love about the rest of the sermon is the way that we launched this and created this was yeah. parallel with the birth of your third child. Yeah. And so leading up to the podcast before we would mention and talk about this, yeah. the last podcast, it was like, hey, at any moment, this like might happen. Right. We might have to cut this thing short. It was short. any moment now for like six weeks. It was. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. It wasn't that long. But. Um, that was funny. And then like, so you've been gone. We've had other guests on. It's been great. Yeah. But fill us in, bro. You've, you've got another human, another... I love the way that Spurgeon would call it a never dying soul. Yeah. A never dying soul. Amen. Living with you, man. Yeah, we so, pray that for our kids, man. Amen. Absolutely, Absolutely. buddy. So how's the third one, Phyllisune? She's great. Uh, little Eden Joy Saxton. Love the name. Her name. She love was it. like seven pounds, 13 ounces, I think 13 or 14. Yeah. Uh, 21 inches long, by far the lankiest of our kids. Skis for feet. Yes. Uh, she, she, her fingers and toes are so long when she stretches, she looks like she's casting a spell. Or Let's something. go, bro. It's, Is it's, she going to be the athlete? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She will definitely. She's only six weeks old. Kayla's so. already speaking swimming over her life. Okay. Uh, my wife has a history of uh, and a history in swimming, and also a love for swimming. And okay. So, uh, if any of our kids are swimmers, it will be Eden. She's Fantastic. Got build for it for you sure. You got to toss her in the water now. Yeah. In six weeks. Yeah. yeah. We're dealing with that with our other two kids right now. <laughs> Jesse and Ethan are in swim lessons. And yes. That, that is fun and terrifying. All, all at the same, same time. time. Yep. Our kids yeah. did learn how to dive this summer. All right. Their official yeah. dives and yeah. everything. And I heard, I listened to the podcast in my absence, and yeah. Piper won the champs. Piper's the T-ball champion, bro. Yeah. And I even used it in the last sermon. The, the day after the championship, that Saturday, it was on a Friday night. We were supposed to have a doubleheader, yeah. all this stuff, and, and they won. That Saturday, she walks into the living room kind of mid-morning and just big smile on her face. <laughs> and we're like, what's up, baby? And she goes, I keep remembering. <laughs> And we go, what What do you mean? What do you keep remembering? And she goes, I keep remembering that I'm doing her. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, so rad. Very cool. So, and, how, so how are the other two adjusting with the, this other third human being great. around? Jesse wants to hold Eden For all sure. the time. Big sis, man. Yeah. Big and, sis. And she she loves her. Uh, anytime that she's crying, she'll rush off into another room. And by, by now we know what she's doing. She's going to grab a pacifier to, oh. to bring to the baby. And then, very cool. you know, awkwardly shove in her mouth yep. <laughs> like a three-year-old. Take this now. Soon to be Four. Jesse will be four next month on Very the second cool. of August. She's doing well with it. Ethan, we've watched transition from the youngest to the middle child. Officially. Yeah, uh, which has been cool. We've seen him kind of lean a little bit more relationally on Jesse and hanging out with her and, Fun. and playing together and uh, also just sort of like disappearing into his room. Like yep. Playing trains or Hot Wheels yep. or whatever. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's been cool to see that. And then uh, over the course of 
of my leave, I was basically, the, so Kayla's mom was in town. Shout out to Susan. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for everything that you right? do for us. Um, she was in town for a hot minute for like a month. And uh, she was supposed to be in town uh, for, this is why the baby could be here any moment. Sure. Um, she was supposed to be in town for a little longer while the baby was uh birthed and with us, but uh, Eden took her time. And so Susan was in town for about a week uh, while Eden was here and that maybe a little longer. And then she uh, went back to Colorado. And so that basically shifted me onto full-time with Jesse and Ethan and then Kayla full-time with baby Eden, um, yeah. who was eating like every two hours sure. like a newborn does. So, yep. so we thought it wise that I get the most rest as possible, go to bed as early as possible, and wake up as early as possible yeah. so I could be there for the kiddos Those in the two house kiddos. And, yeah, all yeah, of that. Man. So it's been good. That's awesome, It's been bro. great. Today was the first day that I've uh, left the house for a full day yeah. uh, for Kayla to be at home with three children. Kayla, my love, and my wife, I love you very much, and <laughs> you are going to do a fantastic job. I am a phone call away, and we live in a small town. Imagine, so imagine if we were like back in pilgrim days. Yeah. Like, and so like you're farming. Yeah. And, what do you say on the podcast when you're a pilgrim? Yeah, right. Did, did pilgrims have podcasts? Yeah. yeah. They the had pilgrims podcast. They had the pilgrims progress. Ooh, I wonder if there is a pilgrims, pilgrims progress podcast. podcast. That would be good. That'd be really cool. Mm. Be interesting. Yeah. Well, listen, I wanted the people yeah. to hear. I think this is cool in the idea of you coming back. I think um, a lot of times people don't get the understanding of detaching, rest, getting away from mm -hmm. work and stuff like that. And so I wanted to ask you, as somebody fresh off of something like this, yeah. what was this experience like for you? Yeah. What, what was it like to um, detach? What was it like to be able to sort of leave work? You know, one of the things that I've heard is, is, is rest is hard work. Yeah. And and I think that's very true. But 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 what was it like for you to yeah. detach? Was there a wind down time? Was it yeah. like, hey, it took about a week? Like what was that like? Yeah. Um I have never been away from a context of ministry since I started serving on the worship team about six months after I the after the Lord saved me. Yeah. I was 15, 16 yep. years old. And so we're talking 17 years now yep. of every weekend. Every Sunday, I mean, I sure, mowed my yeah. yard on a Sunday like three Amen. weeks ago, and I've never done that Amen. before. Drank some coffee. So I think, Amen. I think for the first week or two, um, I, I had it was really like a detox, yep. um, almost coming off of this decade and a half long high of I am involved in a lot of things sure. on a regular basis, have my fingers pretty much in everything. Um and if something goes wrong, like troubleshooting and all of that. And it was really challenging at first yeah. for me. And the Lord really opened my eyes to like, hey, you've got control issues, bro. Like yeah. you've, you've got uh, identity issues wrapped up in what you do. Your sure. belonging and your significance don't come from like your work. It comes yeah. from me. And and so a lot of that was unraveled in the first, or at least I was aware of it in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And then week three and week four um, was really sort of a, how do I settle in with new rhythms, temporary rhythms that I that that I that can serve a purpose now. Yeah. During this sabbatical, but also flourish when I go back to work and all of that. And uh, that was a that was a difficult time. Yeah. Week two and week three was like, I am physically run down right now because 
toddlers are demanding. Bro. Yeah, sure. Like sure. full-time toddlers and maintaining a home and all of that are demanding. Shout out to stay-at-home moms, dude. Yeah, man. You guys do everything that I'm describing and more with so much grace yep. and patience full-time and you don't get a break until the kids are like driving or, you know, soaked into a tablet or off at school or something. Right. So, uh, God bless you for that if you are a stay-at-home mom. You are awesome. So week two and week three was kind of unpacking that yeah. um, and realizing like, hey, I'm, I'm starting to see this emotion, maybe emotional and mental stress kind of start to, to secede and, yep. and then uh, not physical stress, but physical exhaustion start, yeah, to, sure. start to hit the scene. I want to pause right there yeah. just because I think it's good to, to marinate on that in the sense that I think everybody experiences that. Yeah. Nobody has just been able to experience the detachment from it. And I think a lot of times people look at ministry and they're like, you know, like I have friends who have just worked in the, I don't believe in sacred and secular, you know, that divide, but I've just had friends that have worked out in the quote unquote secular world. And they think like, oh, wow, man, you, your job is church. Your job is because in their life, their highlights and their moments of rest and their moments of breakthrough always sort of involve church or yeah. or church related relationships. And so they think like, oh wow, you know, you don't have these types of struggles, right. you know, that I have when it comes to, you know, who am I if I'm not the manager or if I'm not the owner or if I'm not this. Right. And the reality is, bro, that's a human condition. Yeah. I mean, when somebody introduces themselves, yeah. Hi, I'm so and so, and I'm president of the bank, or right. I'm a nurse practitioner, or I'm. Yeah. We define ourselves by what we do, right? And I love when Jesus, when the disciples come back from all the work, yeah, all the highlights of ministry, and they're like, "We did all this," and he's like, "Cool, let's go away." Yeah, let's like rejoice. He yeah. says that your name is written in heaven. Amen. Not that a demon was cast yeah, out. Right. So Jesus values relationship over fruit. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal, yeah. man. And and that's that's part of the Kairos that I well, I you had texted me some questions. Yeah, One for of them sure. was like, what were some Kairoses that you had? Yeah, you and gone? just to refresh our listeners, yeah. Kairoses, we talked about this. We learned about this. Shout out to Gravity Leadership. Gravity Leadership. Um, Kairos is found in in the first chapter of Mark's gospel. The word um in the Greek when Jesus says the time Time is at hand. Yeah. Uh, the kingdom of God is here. Repent, believe the news. Good news. Um, the word time could could have been used chronos, which is how we measure time, chronological. But Mark chose to use a word kairos, yeah. which means so much more than just measuring time by minutes, hours, days, seconds, and all of that. Yeah. And we see the context that Jesus uses it. He uses it with the arrival of the kingdom of God. Yeah. So the language that we use at Westside is, is that... We have Kairos moments yeah. where we become aware yep. of what maybe God is doing. Maybe yeah. the kingdom is doing something here. Maybe God's revealing something. Most of the time, we're aware of negative Kairos. Right. Like my boss just came in, yelled at me, why do I feel shame and guilt? That's yeah. a Kairos. Yeah. But what could also be a Kairos is like you said, mowing your lawn on Sunday morning yeah. and going, 
wow, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. So, so what were some kairoses that you yeah. had in in this time where you were aware yeah. of of God's presence? Yeah, one of the things that gravity leadership teaches us to do is to take the kairos and then process it through the discipleship wheel, yeah. which I'm not going to get into. I'm just going to do it. Sure, I'm tell yeah. you kind of the process of it. So, one of the kairoses that I had that sort of um, that sort of was a, a repeating one was I am I am afraid of when myself or or, or others fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it really came out in moments with my daughter, um, with Jessie. She's she's the firstborn. She's the oldest. She's extremely smart. She's she's learning to do a lot of stuff on her own now, yeah. which is really really great. And so I'm encouraging her and trying to challenge her to get to do some more th- some more things on her own. And I'm realizing that when she when she fails or she messes up, um, I have two options, and I usually lean towards the negative one, which is either now I don't look at her and I'm like I don't say shame on you, but <laughs> sure. but there is language that we use in the household that we learn through through um, some resources that can can be shameful language. Yeah, things like like well I've told you like three times or you know just stuff that that isn't helpful and that can be shameful when in reality it can be helpful to say something more like hey what 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 have I just said to you. Sure. Over, no, repeat it back to me. Let's yeah. process it. And so the kairos is I feel fearful or I get irritable or agitated um, when myself or others fail. And I unpacked it a little bit, and it's so much bigger than just my relationship with my daughter. Um, it's the teams that I lead. Sure. It's, uh, it's my own performance in my life when I don't meet a standard that I've set for myself or whatever standard I think needs to be set. Yeah. Um, I have this this the the reaction of irritability and frustration and fear all stem from really a source of identity mm. like okay if I am not if this person is not succeeding and they fail in this area then I'm either a bad leader I've taught them something wrong mm-hmm. um, or they're going to fail in the future and it's a you know, direct reflection yeah, of me yeah I'm either incompetent and if I fail, people might look at me and say like, hey, that guy's not good at what he does. He's not the right man for the job, whatever. And so unpacking, and that that's what we would call the bad news. Sure. The bad news is the lie that I believe, oh, when I fail, then I'm not good enough. Sure. Or I am not competent or whatever, or I'm not leading well. Um, and the Lord showed me, man, the Lord showed me over the last six weeks just with my daughter that competence and growth requires failure. Yeah. Like failure failure is something that can be welcomed and celebrated sure. in our household, in our teams, and that it's it's not something that can be directly correlated to your identity. Yep. Um, the good news of my identity is that no matter how many times I fail, I am still a child of the most high king of the universe. Yeah, man. And that Jesus is still alive and that the Holy Spirit works and gives me power to be able to operate in those moments yeah. and to recall God's word in my mind and to move forward with knowledge of that failure in the hopes of succeeding in the future. That's good, man. And so that was a big one for me. Yeah. Um, I love Tim Keller says, the gospel allows success not to go to our head and failure to go to our heart. Yeah. It's the it's the proper balance, yeah. like that zen. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's that really was, good. That was a big one for me, the security and the belonging um, and, and really being able to point out like, oh, I really... I really do tie tie my worth and my value into 
uh, how I relate with others. Yeah, sure. Um, and what I do. Yeah. And, and that, sure. that was really, really big. Yeah, yeah. man, that's huge. Yeah. That's awesome yeah. for you to be aware of that and to process that. That's one yeah. of the things that we learned is this idea of you got to be self-aware first. Like that's the whole point of a Kairos yeah. is the fact that you're aware of something. You sort yeah. of, you get to step back from it and, yeah. and, and that's beneficial. Yeah. That's huge, man. Yeah. What I, was a... Uh, a, a, a big takeaway or like a, if, if it was a sentence or something like that of the six weeks, yeah. you know, I mean, I know with Eden, the addition and this, that, and the other, but yeah. what, what would you say is a big takeaway for you from the six weeks? Uh, don't neglect rest. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing that, that crawls off the table yeah. for me is rest. Um, when things get crazy, when things get hectic is, is, uh, now, and when I mean rest, I don't, I don't just mean like sleep. I, and I also don't just mean like you know, doing things that help you decompress. Those things are, are helpful and important, but rest isn't scrolling through Facebook for three hours. Sure. Like that, that's not a form or an aspect of rest. Sure. Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden. That, in, that, that connotates you're working. Yeah. You're doing something in your life that is draining you, but you have a source that fills you up. Yeah. Jesus is the one who gives you rest. And he says, I'll give you the rest. And he says to take his yoke, his work upon him and to learn from him. Not because he's just amazing and awesome, but because he's also gentle and lowly um, and to learn from him in that. And then you'll, it's not just that you'll find rest for your body, that you'll find rest for your soul. Amen. And so I'm, I'm realizing. So one of the things that, that my wife and I did was we had these resources that were given to us. And one of the things that was given to us was, was, Hey, you should have a, a, uh, a family vision statement, mm-hmm. a family mission statement, yep. and then a list of family values. Yep. And uh, one of the things that made it to the list of family values was rest well. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we are we are striving to calendar. I mean, yep. if you don't calendar rest, it's yeah, not going to happen. That's that rule of life keeps yeah. you from getting ruled by life. Yeah. yeah. I remember telling you, I think 2019, um, 2019, a word that the Lord had given me for just dropped in my heart was a word of rest. Yeah. And, uh, and so we my wife and I strived and struggled to do the sabbatical thing from like January, February, all of that. Maybe it was 2020. I think it was 2020. Yeah. January and February, uh, and March, we were like doing the sabbatical thing. Friday nights, we'd make pizza with the kids and turn off technology for 24 hours. It was going great. And then COVID hit and it was like, Hey, you need to stay at home and be around only people that you know and sure. you know all of that and so we were and like, only well, use technology to yeah. connect and so we were like well sabbatical is pretty much that already like so we're just not gonna do that anymore like the sure. last thing we want is to be isolated at home and force ourselves to do it when we have to do it already so yeah. um so that crawled off the table but um but the difference is intentionality yeah. right yes yeah yes for sure um, and the, the intentionalities of gathering as a family of of decompressing the day what was good about today what was bad about today your favorite part all of that. And yeah. then now one thing that we're striving to do uh, either once a week on Friday nights at dinner with the kids is talk about one of the family values that made it to the list. Yeah. Do you want to hear our, uh, absolutely, our, our family, man, that sounds fantastic. Our, our family. So we have a marriage mission statement, a vision statement and a family vision statement. I'll just tell you the family vision statement. The family vision statement is in this house as it is in heaven Yeah. Um, or in our home as it is in heaven, uh, which is sort of just the goal of discipleship yep. right? Amen. on earth as it is in heaven. So Amen. we want to live that way. And, uh, 
there are a huge list of values that made it. Uh, <laughs> into, yeah, man. Into the value. That'd be list. fun to do a Bible study of like yeah. when we get a glimpse of what is actually going on in heaven. Yeah. We know there's parties in heaven. We yeah. know there's fun in heaven. Like yeah. that's really cool. Let me tell you the values. Our yeah. list of values for the our family mission statement, vision statement in this family or in this home as it is in heaven. And these are the values that we sort of unpacked over the course of like three weeks. We want to love Jesus. Yeah. Number one. And this is not just for me and my wife. This is for our kids as well. Yeah. Know the Bible, tell the truth, obey God, mom, and dad. Yeah. Be kind and help others. Say sorry and forgive. Have fun and rest well, and then make memories. Made the, that's awesome, the last man. Of the that's list. beautiful, but, dude. Um, and so those are those are things we're going to try and unpack, and then root them in God's Word, where we drew them from for the last three weeks, and then um, and really just kind of try and instill those things in our kids. And yeah. Um, the intentionality is huge because I think, you know, and for people listening to this, I think so much time is wasted in, you know, if somebody gets a period of rest or something like that because they're trying to figure out what the goals are yeah. versus, you know, that's when we did the abide and talked about the rule of life right. and it keeps you inward, outward and all of that. And when yeah. you have that, that you don't have to spend time in your rest, trying to figure out what that is. Because right. then you get put back in and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't yeah. even, you know, I, I spent time having just to figure these things out when yeah. it comes to that. And the reality is, and I think everybody listening to this would agree, like if it's not intentional in that aspect, it's just not going to get done. Yeah. It's just not going to get done. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. I love the intention, especially around meal times. Listen, if you're not eating, I'm not shaming you for this, but it, <clears throat> If you're not eating meals together as a family, you really should try it. Sure. Like you really should try to gather around a physical table in your house as opposed to maybe doing something on the couch with the TV on um, and really be intentional. Because I can – one of the things that I learned while, while while we were trying to implement some of this stuff is I could I could try to get my kids to obey at the dinner table. Yeah. Don't throw your fork. Put your – you know, eat the right way. You know how to do this. Um, or I could guide and make the time at dinner more intentional and focus on other things like, hey, how did we have opportunities to love Jesus today? Sure. Like, how are you kind to your brother today? Yeah. Like, and give them opportunities to process some of the the larger things in life as opposed awesome. to like mom and dad are just trying to get me to not throw my fork across the room. Right. That's, <laughs> so, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, to our listeners, we will put in the show notes some really cool resources for like a rule of life, some yeah. mission statements and stuff like that. Super intentional and good. Going back to that question, yeah. when you said, you know, to to rest well and to not let rest crawl off the table, what, what were things that you have found that are draining and things that yeah. allow you to rest? Because, you yeah. know, you said like, hey, scrolling through Facebook isn't necessarily rest. What yeah. are intentional things for rest and what are things in the buckets that you know like, hey, this bucket here, the label says work, but in it is this, and, yeah. and this tends to be a little bit more draining. Yeah, I think I think for me personally, um, there are things that I enjoy doing that had crawled off the table yeah. um, in terms of like, I don't want to say exercise because I hate going to the gym, but I love doing things like riding my bike. Yeah. Um, I, I, I miss that. Got to, got a chance Moving. to do that a couple Moving. of times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love doing stuff like that. Um, engaging and creating things, whether it's songwriting or drawing, um, artwork, any stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to say like, if you, if you have gifts and talents like that, um, God has placed them in you, uh, mm, to glorify good, him. And those things are okay. Like yep. it's okay to take a break. If like, I know people knock the adult coloring books because they're silly. I get it. But if you love colors and you love the Amen. idea Amen. of being around like the spectrum of, of 
colorful light that God has given us and gifted us, it's okay to sit down and to acknowledge his glory and thank him for that and use that as an opportunity to rest. But also, like, man, just one one of the best ways that you can rest is go to the source, and that's God's word. Mm. Go to Christ in the source and fill yourself with the scriptures. It's first and foremost the place that we need to be because I, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people who say when they take the time, even if it's five minutes in the morning, if they start their day with this, their day is different. Yep. If they, I'm, I'm touching my Bible as I say with this. <laughs> right. If they start their day from a position of submission to the word of God, then rest can flow from that. I talked to a lady Sunday and she talked about we're in the Psalm series and Psalm 1 is meditating on the law. And I went over Luther's kind of things for meditation and it's just some questions to ask. It was a letter that he wrote to his barber because his barber was like, how do I study the Bible? So Luther writes this phenomenal letter <laughs> to his barber. Yeah. And um, But she said... I, I didn't finish like my Bible reading plan per se necessarily yeah. that morning, but she said, I, I retained and I felt so much more full. Yeah. And when I heard her say that, number one, that was like the goal of what we're trying to do, which was yeah. huge, but it's everything that you're saying. Yeah. It's not, we are so sinful that we will bleed this productivity, this consumer mindset, this yeah. works-based righteousness, even over into, well, I prayed today right. and I read my Bible today. Yeah. And the way that you process that through the filter in your mind is through a filter of performance. Like yeah. that's how broken yeah. we are. Well, I love what we said just uh, but before I left. It was, uh, I don't think it was a big idea. I, it was just a phrase that's in my mind. Like, the value of the word of God is not just people who are around it, who are in it, but it's in them. Yeah, um, and I think that's a that's a huge piece. If you're wanting to start anywhere with rest, you got to go to the source of rest, and that's, that's Jesus. And you can see that in God's word. But yeah. don't find shame. Like, don't lift up the idol of of doing things that you enjoy. Like fishing's great, getting on the getting out on the boat is great. But we we can turn those things into idols for rest. Yeah, we can turn those things into things that that we seek to be our only source of rest. And when we don't get those, it falls apart and it crumbles. And, and I think. It's, I think it's important to know too, like the the what the world shows us as rest is a hundred percent consuming. Yeah, and what you're saying is 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 where you found rest was actually either in creating or being productive with like a, a limit, like a cap on yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think I think that's so important just because the consuming aspect is not life giving. Now yeah. now there's times where to be served and to do that, yes. I'm not talking about extreme moments of stress or anything yeah. like that. But the first attribute that we have of God is that he created. Yeah. And the first thing that he tells Adam and Eve before the fall yeah. is to subdue this garden, yeah. is to work it yeah. and keep it. Yep. And so there's a level, I think, of when we look across the average American time off is like, let's hurry up and run up to St. Louis and, right. you know, and listen, I'm not saying that those things aren't energizing. Yeah. I'm saying that for real in, for real rest, intentionality has got to be there. hundred percent. I had the same conversation with Jesse just a few days ago in the car. Um, she looked out the window and she's, we're teaching her that, that, that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is also God. Like mm-hmm. Jesus always has been. So she's like, did Jesus make that tree? I'm like, yeah, baby, he made all the trees. And, um, and she asked, did Jesus make this car? And so we got on the, uh, on the subject of like, God made things for us to enjoy so we can make things. Yeah. And so I, I was telling her like, we, 
the, the beginning of the Bible tells us that God looked and said, we need to make man in our image and likeness. Yeah. And one of the things that God does is he's the creator. Yeah. So if we're made in his image and likeness, like he's made us to be little creators. Yeah. And so I told Jesse, I was like, did you know that it makes God happy when you color? Makes yeah, God, man. Makes That's God, good. Makes God happy when you make the toy ice cream with your Play-Doh. Like, yeah. like those things are good. And when we do those things and see those things and engage in them, we can acknowledge the gift that God has given us and not just exalt the gift. We exalt the giver of the gift and not just the gift. Amen. And, and, uh, that's that's something we're trying to instill right Love now. It, dude. Like, it's okay to create, but we don't worship the we don't worship the created. We worship the creator. Amen. I yeah. remember talking to Roman about like why why can we taste this ice cream? Yeah. Like why why do we have taste buds? Yeah. And it's so we can be like, man, God is good. Yeah. I get to taste this ice cream. Yeah. Like this is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? But instead, we the eat psalm- a gallon of bluebell. <laughs> the you psalmist know? says that we need our senses involved. Yeah. Taste and see. These are things. These are gifts from God, and they're good, but they point us to Him, not to the thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what are some things um, that that you're aware of now? Like, yeah. hey, you know, one of the things, a book that we had read, kind of managing leadership anxiety, yeah. Steve Cuss, and some other stuff. What are some things in your life that, whether it be physical or whatever, that you yeah. realize? Hey, some things are starting to creep in. I need to step back and I need to process something. Yeah. What are some of those signs for you? Yeah, signs for me. Um, I'll I'll recluse. Um, I'll kind yeah. of I'll, I'll kind of sink into my. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an enneagram too. I'm a musician. I yeah. wear my emotions on my sleeve. Sure. If there's something wrong, you can tell. Sure. Um, it's is usually how it goes. Uh, and so I've I mean I even told uh, met with some of our board members and they were like, hey, same question. What are some of the signs if we yeah. if we see this? And I was like, well, if you see me. It, like if you see me disappearing between services to go hide up in the sound booth, yeah. like like that's probably a sign that you know something is probably pressing in, or I'm mm-hmm. you know losing. I say losing. I'm I'm losing an awareness of what's going on and just allowing things to press in, as opposed to um, being aware and being proactive. Yeah, sure. Because reactive versus proactive is a good a good terminology to use there. But um, I I sink into myself a lot. Uh, I get pretty. Um, uh, pessimistic, mm-hmm. uh, see the negative in a lot as opposed right. to the positive. For sure. Um, and I lack the desire to create. Mm. Um, I just want to maintain. Yeah. And um, I think... Uh, Those are good. Well, and the, but I don't want to just say that. I want to say the antidote. Like uh, one of the things that the Lord revealed to me is just like, and you've said this plenty of times and I've experienced it, but it sort of fell off the table through COVID and seasons and stuff was just rhythms, mm-hmm. was rhythms and organization. Like, yep. Hey, first thing you do, wake up in the morning, get into God's word, spend time in prayer, go to the gym, yeah. come home, get into a rhythm of breakfast, conversation around the table, get some get some work around the house done, take a shower. I mean, yeah. take a shower. I, I stopped shower halfway through and that <laughs> sounded take a beep. Sh- <laughs> oh, geez. Um, but but ri- rhythms are healthy and because they give us we're not wild animals, man. Like, yeah. like God has made us in his image and his likeness. Sure. And I know that, that there's, there's a culture that is, is, uh, kind of been brewing over the last 20 to 30 years, maybe more in, in the worship environment that it needs to be this organic flowing thing. And we go, however, you know, the, the spirit or what really they're saying is our emotions lead us. Right. And in reality, like God created, I mean, God made everything that we understand by science. God made yeah. gravity. The temple God, in the old Testament was, pretty yeah. specific. Yep, yep. When you get into the <laughs> Levitical priesthood and like who was wearing what and yeah. how many times there were washings and what you could say and what you couldn't say, what yep. you had to wear, 
God was very specific about how he was to be worshipped. Yeah. Um, down down to the point of here's what you can say. Yeah. Um, and so there is there is a value and structure and order, not just in the way that we worship God in the Sunday gathering, but in how we worship God in the ordering of our lives. Amen. That's good, yeah. man. That falls. Uh, so we did Psalm 2 this past Sunday. And by the way, if you were looking on the podcast for the sermon, it will be uploaded later on in the week. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. But in Psalm 2, it says, why do the nations rage and why do they plot? in vain. And then the psalmist says, it's because the world says, let us cast off the restraints of the Lord. And Warren Wiersbe has a quote that says, freedom without authority is anarchy. And so what the world says is freedom is found in the absence of those things. And what the scriptures teach is is exactly what you're saying is obedience actually brings joy. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Proverbs reflects Psalm 2 when it says that without vision, without direction, people... One translation says perish, but one says cast off restraint. And and the restraint is just that that idea of like an ox with a... a, What's the... Yoke, yoke, that's it. An ox yep. with a yoke. Like you're not punishing the ox. Right. You're helping it be more effective. Absolutely. Yeah. Producing, yeah. you know, in that sense. And so yeah. again, I just think it's super important for listeners to know, like, you know, oftentimes as pastors, people come to us and it's this is going on. There's a crisis. And and I'm thankful to God that that He allows us in on those moments with people because they're so precious. Yeah. But most of the time, it's there's the crisis. And what the crisis actually is, is the crisis is an opportunity, and it can be a catalyst for change. Yeah. All change happens as a result of a crisis. Yeah. I mean, Acts chapter 6, they institute deacons and stuff because some people are getting neglected. There was a crisis. There was conflict. Yeah. So change happens. But what also comes at the back end of that is sustaining things. Yeah. And that's where, like Robert Frost, uh, Foster would say, it's the celebration of discipline. Yeah. It's duty and delight. Yeah. There is a discipline of what you said, getting up in the morning and have intentionality. Yeah. And you know what? For the first two times, three times, four times, five times, yeah. lightning might not come from heaven. Right. It might not be this crazy. Or for the first year. Bro. Right. Yeah. And that's where I love yeah. huge, huge book here, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. He talks about consistency always beats intensity. Yeah. That that's the rhythm. Yeah. That's the key. So think about compound interest. Yeah. Like we had met with our financial guy and he mapped some things out for us like when it looks like when we're into our 60s. And I asked him, I was like, why isn't this common knowledge? Right. Why like you're just doing math here. Yeah. And and he looked at me and he just smiled and he laughed and he said, because Jason, that's 40 years away for you. Yeah. You can't have that now. Yeah. And he said instant gratification. What we want is intensity yeah. in the now and in the here. And he was like consistency. Yeah. And so I- Never I'm, met an intense farmer. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to get out there and plant 50 million acres of seed today yeah, and kill myself. Why didn't this happen? Yeah. Why yeah. didn't this happen? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What are some areas that that you saw God um, at work? Yeah. And, and one of the axioms and things that we know is that God is always present and at work. Yeah. And so instead of doing, and we're going to talk about this this week, spiritual bypassing, where we yeah. say things like, well, God's got a plan. Yeah. Or what what we're doing In is- In his timing, brother. We're avoiding our emotions. Yeah. And we're slapping something on there to escape. It's escapism. Yeah. yeah. But what we've learned is, is that we know through the scriptures that instead of saying something like that, saying God is always at work 
and present is, and, and I need to get curious. I need yeah. to figure out what that is. Yeah, for sure. Um, over these six weeks, where did you see that in, yeah. in your life? Yeah. I previously talked about the, the, the fear of failure. Yeah. That was a huge area and finding identity. Um, but I just kept telling myself, uh, and hearing the Lord tell me, I've heard you say this before. Uh, it wasn't an audible voice, just kind of something in my head. Um, long before you're a pastor, long before you're a musician or yeah. anything like that, you are a husband and you are a dad yeah. and you are my child. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was a huge, uh, a huge takeaway from, from this. But, uh, also man, like f- from that, God's done a lot in our marriage and, and my wife's and Amen. My marriage, Beautiful. Uh, me and Kayla's marriage in the last six weeks, we, we, uh, a ton of milestones, um, during this six week period, we had a third baby. Yep. Ethan, our middle child now, turned two years old. Two. And then on June 19th, uh, we celebrated 10 years of marriage. Decade. Um, a decade of marriage. Love it. And so uh, we had an opportunity uh, just to just to utilize some resources and be really intentional with Beautiful. one another um, to the point to where we heard each other say things that maybe we hadn't heard each other say in a really long time. Love it. Um, I got to look my wife in the eye and tell her, uh, some really meaningful, loving things that I'm not going to share with you guys on the podcast because oh, that's just for my wife. Dang um, it! What's the and uh, <laughs> you've really got you know those I know the board you man. know the board over these now. six weeks I know the board uh, and then she got to tell me some things uh, which Love which it. were really really great uh, connected in ways that we haven't in a long time which was really, and honestly really good. in amidst everything yeah that is the gift yeah to, to not have the pressure of a daily grind or yeah. or whatever of a schedule and to be able to hey when the kids go down or this that and not have to worry about what's coming the next day yeah. is huge yeah. that's awesome yeah. intentionality with my wife has been um something that i think that the lord has uh really allowed i mean it, there doesn't have to be a perfect moment. The time is now to be intentional with your spouse. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm really, really thankful for that. Uh, I'm really thankful for, for basically being taken back to the place of, of the scripture saying, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yep. And that was the, that, that a, apart from Christ, Kayla is the greatest gift that I've ever received. Yeah, man. Um, and, and it's, it's not just, a it's, it's not our children that, um, we join into their lives. They've joined into ours. And so just, just really being intentional with, you know, I mean, we, we're trying to figure out how to do a date night every yep. single week. Yep. Um, and, uh, getting someone to watch the kids is, is difficult yep. and that could be an excuse or it could be an opportunity to, you know, yep. make things happen. So we had to learn that a date night could be the kids are asleep in yeah. their rooms and it's a pizza or yep. something. It's just, again, what you said, it's the intentionality yeah. on yeah. it, you know? Yeah. I think uh, my identity um, in Christ as a husband yeah. uh, and how that reflects the kingdom of God yeah. uh, and my wife as well has been extremely eye-opening. Yeah. Now I'm saying all these things like I've not, like I can't teach a class on this stuff yeah, or, no, sure. or write a book on it. It's just um, evaluating the experience. It's just the way that I see God working in our lives right now in this yeah, season. That's um, beautiful, so dude. I'm, I'm excited uh, about that. And whoops. Very I'm, cool. I'm also excited about uh, coming back, man. I'm excited yeah, about re-entering into the workspace and the yes. workforce, getting to see your shiny head multiple <laughs> times a week. I need to shave it. It's not as shiny right now. It's got a little stubble it on looks it good. and stuff. We're so. back in the offices now. Yeah, man. We're back over. Yeah. I've, I've got access to all my 
my old dead friends. Yes. They're in the same room with me, which is beautiful and yeah. it's good. So, uh, yeah. And there's some very exciting things coming up yeah. in the life of the church. The podcast has been hearing a little bit about some things. We've been having some town hall meetings and stuff like that. But towards the end of August, we'll be able to um, share a bit more information and have some special guests on the podcast, oh, which cool. is going to be really, really cool. Um, but right now, it's been really fun in a season as a church. I think figuring out, you know, who we are. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that we learned through consulting with Gravity after their first time they came in and consulted with us, they, we all evaluated as a team that what Westside is like, Westside is like that tall, lanky kid who's in puberty, <laughs> who like can't drive yet, but like getting ready to drive, right. but like, Mom and dad kind of still need to be in the front seat. And there's like some gangly awkwardness, basically me growing <laughs> up, you know, um, and learning what it is to um, grow up in that identity yeah. on some of that stuff. And um, there's some really exciting things, I think, coming in. Yeah. That, and it's exciting to have you back, man. I'm it's excited. A, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, dude. It, one of the things that I did not do at all for the last six weeks was pick up an instrument and yeah. sing. Yeah. Um, a, apart from, we sing with our kids at sure. night, but I don't, I don't involve instruments in that. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to get back into yeah, dude. Uh, all of that. That's yeah. cool. Well, I know yeah. the people will be glad to see you guys and hear from you. Yeah. Is there anything, man, that you want to leave the people with that, that you want to drop on the listeners? Um, Mow your yard. <laughs> it feels really good yes, to mow your does. yard. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's really good to mow your yard. No, I would say um, what I what I had mentioned earlier. Um, you're not you're not going to have effective rest unless you're intentional. Yeah. And the way that you intentionally rest is just submit to Christ. Yeah. You need to submit to Him in your schedule. It's good. Um, and car, it doesn't have to be an hour of of uh, John Wesley prayers like in the evening <laughs> right, where you're yeah. like your family's in there eating because you're and you're alone sure. on your knees like. Spend five minutes tomorrow morning in God's Word. Um, just try to remember what you read that That's throughout good. the day, and and just rest intentionally. If you want rest, you got to go to the source. Yeah, so, Amen. That's yeah. beautiful, bro. Well, we're glad to have you back. Yeah. Hey guys, listen. Just a few housekeeping things. The podcast will be uploaded later on in the week. We are still on our summer service time, so if you're listening to this podcast, we have one service at 10 a.m., which is a beautiful thing during the summer months. We are in the Book of Psalms right now. This week we'll be in Psalm chapter three, learning how to deal with some fear and and what that looks like. But coming up next week. July 14th is the second night of Vacation Bible School, oh, yeah. which is super fun. Night one was incredible with volunteers and kids. There was over 100 people at Westside. If you have any questions or you want more information about that, you can shoot us an email at info at westsidepb.org. And I'm excited that next week we'll dive back into the rest of the sermon and you will host and lead us through this, man. So You are really good at hosting this thing. I will. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, so, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, this isn't a slam, but six weeks ago when I heard the first one of you hosting and yeah. then now it's like, there I mean, you you're, go. You're Letterman. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> learning like the board, like the it six can, weeks ago, I was like, things uh, intimidating. You know, yeah. And all of that yeah. stuff. So, Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you're I just doing a good job. whatever it's the gift of gap, whatever that means. So, Hey guys, we love you. We appreciate you. You can check out our website at westsidepb.org. Any questions, email us at info at westsidepb.org. Tyler, glad to have you back, buddy. Glad to be back. We love you. And remember that it is all about Jesus. Blessings. <laughs>